Today we're going to start our 2023 with a sermon that is really important. And my prayer is that it would set the tone for your year. Next week, we start a sermon series called Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come will be the theme throughout the year that we're going to be exploring together. But today, I want to talk about something that I pray, again, would be a a spark that would set you in the right direction. Even if your year has had a a rough first first week of of the year, if it's had a, a rough start, I pray in Jesus' name that through this message, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, that something new would spark in you. I always like to start every moment that we have together saying, this is not just another Sunday. Repeat after me. This is not another Sunday. Let me pause you right there. This is another opportunity of encounter with Jesus. It's a fresh opportunity, a fresh opportunity. God can do anything here with us today. And uh, I, I come to you today preaching also really excited because we have had an announcement of our own that we're also expecting. So Steph and I are expecting a baby girl. And so we're super excited about that. And she's due in June. I hope Steph is here next week so you guys can see her. I, I can't believe that, like, you know, my tiny wife has, like, a significant belly now. And it's amazing. It's quite an amazing thing to see see life being generated through our love. It's really, really special. And in that same way, in that same tone, it seems to be baby season, and it's the start of the new year. It all leads us to think about new beginnings. It, It leads us to think about something new that can be born inside of us. But there is only one way for new beginnings. There's only one way for newness to come into existence in our lives. And it's got to start with us prioritizing the kingdom. Kingdom first, above all things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else will follow. God is a God of new beginnings. He is a way maker of new things. I don't know about 2022, 2021, and 2020, but I know that 2023 can be the best year of your life. And regardless of circumstances, a lot of people had the best year of their lives in 2020 when the whole world was falling apart. But God did something new inside of them. Because it's not about how much money's in your pocket. It's not about the new things that you've acquired. It's not about all of the dreams that come true in the outside or external spaces. But it's all that happens within us. It's all that happens inside of us. That's where joy truly is. That's where life really is. And so today I want to talk about certain things that need to be a reality in our lives. One of the things I like a lot, either when I'm camping, which I hate camping, by the way, but when, right, right, Will? Camping for me should be like, you know, trailers. Like we all go in a trailer and we have a nice time outside. I hate the actual pitching a tent experience. To me, that's not experience. It's like torture. It's cold outside. It's like too cold out in the, in the evening and too hot in the morning. I don't know if you've ever been camping in the summer, but it's like that, bro. It's like super cold at night. And then in the morning, that little tent becomes like a, like a, a greenhouse effect. And I'm like, <clears throat> I've often woken up not being able to breathe. And I hate it. But anyway, what I love about camping is campfires. I also love um, real fireplaces. We don't have one here, obviously, in the city. But anytime 
uh, we either rent a little cabin somewhere to spend some time either in the Catskills or in Vermont. We like to get a place that we rent that has a fireplace because it's so nice to be able to put a fire together. And I like to be the person putting the fire together, actually, you know, getting the firewood, putting it in. And, and in order for you to make a nice fire, I've learned, there has to be a really hot center, a core that you create. So you usually put the firewood like a little tent, right? And in, in the middle, there's got to be something that catches on fire and maintains a really core center so that that fire can stay burning. And so in thinking about that and thinking about fireplaces and thinking about firewood, I want us to understand that in our lives as well, we need to have a really hot center in our lives in order for the fire to keep burning inside of us. And I just pray, and the Lord has been really tugging in my heart since the beginning of this year, for us to start something different, for us to shift, for us, and in my own personal life, for us to go back to just fundamental spiritual disciplines and not go without them, not even for a day, a week, but constantly keep the fire going. And so today I want to read out of Leviticus 6, and it says this, Leviticus 6, 8 through 13. The Lord said to Moses, give Aaron and his sons this command. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offerings to remain on the altar, is to remain on the altar hearth throughout the night till morning, and the fire must be kept burning on the altar. The priest shall then put on his linen clothes, with linen undergarments next to his body, and shall remove the ashes of the burnt offering that the fire has consumed on the altar, and take place them and take them and place them beside the altar. Then he is to take off these clothes and put on others, and carry the ashes outside the camp to the place that is ceremonial, ceremonially clean. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Repeat after me. It must not go out. Every morning, the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offerings on the, on the offering around it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. Father, we pray, Lord, that this word would start something new in us. That we would have an image of an altar, an image of a fireplace, an image of a fire space, Lord God, that is constantly fueled, constantly fueled intentionally, Lord, for the fire to keep burning. And we pray that you would help us apply this in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the title of today's message is Burning Ones. Burning Ones. In Hebrews and in Psalms, there's scripture that says that the Lord makes his servants flames of fire. That the Lord makes you and I flames of fire. And I want to talk about how do we keep the fire of God burning in our lives? That's what we're talking about today. When we come together as a church, a lot of people experience God once a week. 
We experience him here because we're all here together. You have the discipline, most of us do, to come to a physical space with other believers where you worship God. And a lot of people say, man, I can't experience what I experience here at home. A lot of people have a hard time experiencing what they experience here in the secret place. But just like you have the discipline of coming together and we each bring a part of God with us here in the space. Each of us brings something to serve to one another. We all experience God here together as an overflow, or it should be. This shouldn't be the place where I receive only, but a place also where I overflow, where I serve, where I extend out to others, because I'm constantly being fueled throughout the week. I'm constantly being fueled in the secret place. I'm constantly being fueled by the presence of God on a daily basis. And so I don't know about you, but I think that this year has got to be a year where we flip a switch in our brains, where we understand I can't outsource my spirituality to anyone. I can't outsource my spirituality to any pastor. I can't outsource it to my husband, to my, my parents, to my wife. I can't outsource my spirituality. I have to actually take control of my spirituality, and I have to fuel the fire of God inside of me. Perhaps when you read the book of Leviticus, you, you think like, what does this have anything to do with our day and day to day? A whole bunch of laws about not eating shellfish, and we're constantly eating shellfish, right? I don't know about you, but I love me some shrimp, love lobster once in a while. I love shellfish. Some of us are allergic to shrimp, and, you know, I'm sorry you have to live life this way. And we see all of these ceremonies that are being done, these burnt offerings, and none of it applies to anything that we do here, or so it seems. The priests or the pastors here at Family Church, trust me, we're not wearing special clothes, creating altars, and expecting you guys to bring us any sort of offering for us to burn in the fire. We're not doing any of that. But the themes of Leviticus are very applicable. What God is doing through the people of Israel is establishing certain principles. Principles of like the holiness of God. So we see God creating heaven and earth. We see God delivering the people in in, in Exodus. Now in Leviticus, we're seeing God establishing these principles. You need to understand that to be my people, there is a standard of holiness. I am a God that is holy. I am a God that is set apart. I'm not like anyone else. I'm not like anything else. And so in order to approach me, there needs to be sacrifice. There needs to be ceremonies. All sorts of things that God stipulated, and there's so much detail in everything that God says. Because he is a God of detail. There is a principle here of purity of the covenant community. That not only is God holy, but we are also called to be holy. That in order to fellowship with God, in order to become the people of God, to, be, to bear his name, that we should be a holy people as well. The principle of mediation in the service of the priests. And I want us to understand this, the holiness of God, the holiness of the covenant community, the people of Israel. 
And also this mediation that the priests had, mediation meaning they were the mediators, they were the middle person between Sarah and God. That Julia couldn't approach God by herself. She would actually have to go to a place, to a priest, that would mediate that relationship with God. And so all of these things in Leviticus, all of these ceremonies, these ceremonial laws that create this, this, this principle of, of mediation, this principle of holiness, holiness of God and holiness of the covenant people, all of this points ultimately to the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. That he ultimately, Jesus Christ, the one who was promised and actually was delivered, the one who came, became flesh, that we celebrated his birth not too many weeks ago, and now we're soon going to celebrate in April his death and resurrection. Through his death, through his resurrection, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is the Lamb of God. And so all of these ceremonies and these principles find their fulfillment ultimately in who? In who? Jesus. All of these principles find their fruition. They, they, they find their manifestation in Jesus. And so we may read Leviticus and think it doesn't apply to us, but all of these things are ultimately pointing to Jesus. Amen? And so maybe we read a passage like we read and like, what does this have to do with me? I tell you, everything. Everything. The fire of the altar of God was a physical place for the people of Israel. Now that fi the fire of the altar of God has become a matter that is inward. It's not a place here. This is not the altar of God. There's nothing special about this green carpet church. There's nothing less special about this hardwood floor. There's nothing even less special about your seats. But as a matter of fact, we are the altar of God. The altar of God is within you. Jesus taught that the kingdom of God is within. And so all of this becomes so important for us to understand. And when God says the fire must not go out and is giving them instructions of how to keep the fire burning in a way that he likes it, then it's an instruction for me and to you as well that the Christian life is not just Sabbath. It's not just rest. It's not just kicking it back. It's not just sitting on a seat. It's not just watching the pastor preach. It's not just watching the worship team worship. It's not about that. There's activities involved in the Christian life. There are things that the, that the Lord expects from us in order to keep the fire burning. And so... How do we keep the fire of God burning in our lives? Ultimately, that's the application here. Ultimately, that's what we're going to take away for us. The takeaway here is not how do we create a nice fire? How do we burn offerings? But no, but how do we keep the fire of God burning in us? And the first thing that I want to share with you, church, is that you can't fabricate what only God can do. We provide only the fuel. It is God that provides the fire. We provide the fuel. It is God who provides the fire. And the fire of God, fire is a, is a wonderful metaphor all throughout the scripture where God manifests as fire. We've already seen that in Exodus 
through the burning bush. How does God decide to speak to Moses? Through fire. A bush that is burning. How does God lead the people of Israel through the desert at night? Through a pillar of fire. God manifesting us fire. The presence of God often manifests through smoke and fire. In the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, we are told that our God is an all-consuming fire. In Acts chapter 2, what we see in Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is poured out to the people that were there. And what do we see resting over each believer? Tongues of fire. Fire here represents the very presence of God himself. We cannot fabricate it. It's not something that we make pretend. And trust me, church, if we go week in and week out fabricating that we are on fire for Jesus, but in fact there is none of the Holy Spirit in us, that the Holy Spirit has been quenched, that because of constant quenching of the spirit meaning extinguishing that flame through all sorts of things that we can get involved in but beloved like it gets tiring to fake being on fire for god it becomes exhausting it becomes something that is not sustainable and so today what i want you to understand is it's not a word of of condemnation It can be a word of conviction, but it should also be a word of appreciation that God provides the fire. I can't do what only God can do. And the other thing that I want you to understand that is a word of appreciation is your fire may be very, very tiny, but if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you've surrendered your life to the Lord, the word of God says the Holy Spirit dwells within you. You are an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The fire of God is in you. It is in you. You have to trust that. You have to trust that there is fire inside of you. Now, if we're thinking about, if we're thinking about like a fireplace that you're creating and it's got firewood all over the place, maybe at some point in your life you were intentional about putting the little teepee and the firewood was there. The Lord provides the fire and, you know, there's a fireplace going, but over time you've gotten tired of putting in that fresh new firewood. The discipline of getting up early. My wife loves waking up to a fire, but she will never help put it together. Right, babe? I'm sure you're watching. So I know I have to wake up early to create that environment where she sees the fireplace going and the the smell of the firewood, which is nice. And maybe you find yourself here today over the course of 2022, you might have gotten tired of the discipline required to get the firewood and put it over the fire. God's not asking you to be the fire or start the fire. He's just asking you to pick up the firewood and put it over the fire. You provide the fuel, the fuel, God provides the fire. You provide the sacrifice, the altar of your life, the altar of your heart, he provides the fire. 
And we're going to talk about a few different types of fuel in a moment. But I want you to capture this, that you cannot and should not fabricate what only God can do. You should not try to create something when God is only asking you to keep it burning, to intensify it. Every single one of us here, trust me, if you're just putting the firewood once a week at family church at 1030 in the morning, you put one fire thing over an hour and a half that you spend here at family church, the fire is going to, it's just going to be so tiny throughout the week. You might leave here and think, oh, fire's up again. I feel the heat of the Lord. But then Monday comes and you're not keeping the fire burning. Tuesday comes around. There's no additional fire. There's no fuel being put on the fire. There's no firewood. And so Sunday comes around and you actually think, am I going to go to church today? (laughs) It didn't seem really worth it last time. Beloved, it's not that it's not worth it on Sunday. It's that you're not burning. You're not burning. Because if you come here burning, if you come here overflowing, then you don't need a hype crowd. You don't need somebody always coming up here like, hey, everybody, welcome to Family Church. Hey, everybody. And and all of us like doing all sorts of acrobatics to wake you up. Or me saying, can I hear an amen? And yada, yada, yada. You know? It's a lot of times what we have is... We become used to an entertainment space, just like we sit down on a weekly basis to watch our Netflix for two hours a day when we should probably be doing something else. We come to church and we think, I hope the worship team entertains me today. I hope the pastor's word is funny. I hope he makes me smile. I hope he speaks well today. I hope everything's okay. (laughs) Do you know what I mean, church? Do we, can we not fall into that rhythm constantly? And, and even in the way sometimes that we sit together, right? It's all of you facing me. It's a theater sometimes. But if we think about it, if we think about it, if we come with a fire in our hearts where we don't depend on anyone else we actually can minister to the people around us we actually can think hey i'm gonna go go speak to pastor lucas i don't know how his week was i'm gonna just bless him god bless you today pastor god fill you with his presence as you speak the word today or whoever else is going to be preaching because it's not not just me preaching but we get out of the mindset of just receiving and we get go into the mindset of delivering the fire The fire that is within us, we want it to overflow. It's a different posture, church, when we are burning, when we keep the fire burning. God provides the fire, and we provide the fuel. Number two, how do we fuel the fire? We fuel the fire with spiritual disciplines. These are activities, activities that tend to the altar of your heart. I met with a couple yesterday, and the Lord told them, the year, the word of your year this year is discipline. I think that's the most hated word by human beings. Don't you like, doesn't your flesh love to wake up and do whatever it wants? Right? Just wake up and like have no discipline, have no agenda, have nothing that you have to do, but just things that you want to do. 
hey, I might want to do it, and if I don't want to do it, I want the option of not doing it. I don't want to go to work. But there's nothing better for human beings than discipline, than routine. Nothing better for us. And anything in our lives that we want to get somewhere, we have to have an element of discipline. And guess what? It's not any different for our spiritual lives. I think sometimes we get too comfortable by the fact that it's by faith, by grace alone that we are saved. And we think that God saves us to just sit us down and live in la-la land every single day of the week. And that's not the case. God saves us by grace, but sanctification requires work. Christ-likeness is hard. It requires activities that tend to the altar of your heart. Who wants to confess their sins? Nobody. It's humiliating. It's humiliating to stand before God or stand before someone else and say, I messed up by doing this. But guess what? The humble are exalted in the kingdom. If we choose humiliation, it is God who lifts us up. But if we choose the way of pride, church, if we choose the way of pride of always messing up but never confessing, never humiliating ourselves and humbling ourselves, then the proud are humbled in the kingdom. God will find a way to teach you discipline because he loves you that much. His love isn't just patting you on the head consistently and giving you good vibes only. It isn't. Part of me wishes it was. Lucas, I swear, part of me wishes that it was only good vibes only all the time. Seriously, bro. I wish it was just happiness, just rainbows everywhere, just joy, you know. But it's not. Sometimes it's work. And most of the times it's work. Even the principle that God taught us, the sabbatical rhythms of our lives, it's six days of work. One day of rest. So most of it is work. We rest in the things that only God can do. We are not God. But in the things that he's entrusted us with, like the altar of your heart that is the first and most important thing, beloved, it requires work. You may go a month and say, I'm going to start a fast. I'm going to start a reading plan of the Bible. It'll probably be a really hard month if you haven't been used to doing it in a long time. But that's okay. Every time you say yes to that new discipline, every time you say yes, a muscle is being strengthened. Every time you say yes, you're becoming stronger. Every time you say yes, you're saying no to all the crap around you. You're saying yes to God. You're saying yes to Jesus. You're becoming stronger. And in a generation like ours, guys, we have so many options every day bombarding us. Every day, there are so many options of things to do, of things to see. It's even all the more special when we say no to all of these other options and say yes to Jesus. We say yes to Jesus. 
So I applaud you for saying yes to the discipline of meeting with beloved brothers and sisters and worshiping with them on a Sunday morning. Continue doing that. In 2023, enough is enough of excuses. And come and be present physically with your church. Worship with us. Be present here more often than you were in 2022. Have that habit. May it just be an exception when you're not here. You know, there's rules for everything, and every rule has an exception. Every opportunity has an exception. But I just pray in Jesus' name that you would see God as the best option. The best option in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And so a few disciplines here for us to think about. Fueling the fire with certain disciplines like silence, prayer, reading and meditating on the word and fasting. That's the last point. So fuel the fire with silence, praying, reading and meditating on the word and fasting. There's a, a book that I, I love that actually, you know, you know when you read a book and you like want to do something that you don't usually want to do? A book that had me doing that was Richard Foster's Celebration of Discipline, where he details a number of different spiritual disciplines. I'm not going to go into all of them. But it, it, you know, I, I suspect that everybody here, dare I say actually, everybody in this room, okay, was inconsistent in 2022 with at least one of the disciplines on this slide, okay? Myself included, all of us. So we're all in this together. Do you want the fire of God burning? Then these things need to be a part of your life. Why is silence important? It's because you and I have a tendency to come before God and ramble or just talk. Some of us talk forever. Some of us talk so little. And we never stop to just listen. Because honestly, the first few times that you try to practice silence in the presence of God, all your mind does is talk to you. Your, mind, your mouth is silent, but your mind is racing. It's going all over the place. And so you have to practice that. You have to practice that in the presence of God. 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes of silence, five minutes of silence, just standing before the Lord. When I practice silence, what I like to do is just simply say a simple, a simple prayer that brings me back to what I'm doing. Abba, I belong to you. Father, I belong to you. Or something like, Jesus, I am here. Jesus, I am here. And I stay in silence before God. Sometimes clarity about a situation may come because God will, or sometimes just peace comes into my heart, or sometimes conviction comes into my heart, which will set the tone for the rest of my time with God. I'm not talking about 17 hours in the presence of God on a daily basis. We all got stuff to do, but we all need to keep God at the center of everything we do. Because when you set this rhythm of time with the Father, then even your commute to work can be a firewood that is placed in the altar. Do you understand that? And as you set this tone, even the work that you do on a daily basis can be a firewood that you place 
on the altar of the Lord. So silence needs to be something that we cultivate together and at home by yourself. Prayer. Beloved, sometimes, you know, we said this before many, many times. We talk about prayer. I've often, instead of being encouraged, I've been discouraged <laughs> um, with, with certain standards, standards of prayer that I've seen in books time and time again. People that wake up in the morning and pray for three hours before they do anything. I honestly don't know if I'll ever be able to do that. No, I'm being really honest. Praying for 30 minutes is one thing. For 10, 15 minutes, you know, throughout the day in different parts of the day. But three full hours of nonstop prayer. I mean, that is a standard that, listen, I'm not doing. And hopefully that's an encouragement to you. That I'm not, I'm not sitting up here saying, yo, yo, you got to pray three hours a day. You got to fast, you know, barely eat anything. Just eat the crumb off, off the floor. No, I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm just saying, like, start small, church. Start with what you have. If you wake up at 5.30 in the morning, if you wake up at 6 a.m., why not wake up f- just 15 minutes earlier? You wake up 15 minutes earlier. Silence, prayer, meditation, off to work. Off to do whatever it is that you need to do. If it's not in the morning, that works for you another time. And then in the afternoon, checking in with the Lord. Having the habit of praying before a meal. Some people stop with good habits. It's a good habit to pray before a meal. Thank God for provision. And don't make it religious. Oh, this is a stupid thing because, it's, oh, you know, what does it matter? I, I, I prayed to God yesterday for my provision. But it's, it's part of a constant keeping the altar burning. Constantly keeping the altar burning. One thing I can say that I've done, and I can probably count with maybe two hands over the past eight years, that, you know, maybe there were eight exceptions to this rule, but Steph and I pray every night together. Every night. That is, a, even when I'm, we are exhausted, I'm like, Lord, I'm at least going to say three words to you. Bless us, Jesus, amen. Something is going to come out of my mouth to bless my home, to bless my marriage, to bless my wife. Now bless my baby. Even bless my dog. Bless everybody, Lord. This house is yours. So every night, having the habit of prayer. I don't know what it would look like for you, church, but I know you can do better. I know that I can do better. And I'll just share with you one area that God's like, yo, let's get back to what things were like 10 years ago, which is the, spirit, the spiritual discipline of fasting. I did one fast last year, and that was with the whole church. And many of you, although the church invited you to a fast, you said no. I politely declined, thank you very much. Fasting, when Jesus taught about prayer and fasting, he didn't say, you know, in the off chance that you get to fast, he says, when you fast. There was already a culture of fasting, 
and his disciples and his believers were expected to continue fasting, especially when he ascended back into heaven because it should be an expression of our longing to him, an expression, a spiritual expression of saying, I don't depend on everything around me to keep my joy. I don't depend on food to keep my joy. I depend on Jesus. So I don't know what, I don't know what God is saying to you, church, but I just pray that at least you have this hunger. You're like, you know what? You're right, pastor. The fire is a, is a little softer than I'd like. Stop outsourcing your fire. Stop thinking it's going to be some prophet that's going to come over you and preach over you and speak over you and put his hand over you. No, it's about you and the Lord. It's about you saying yes to the altar that is found in your address, in your room, in your heart. I keep thinking like I want my baby, I want baby Chloe to see her father as a man of God, not because he is preaching once, once, a, once a week or visiting people or doing this or that or the other or talking about church, but because she sees him praying, because she sees him fasting. I want that. And I don't want it to be fabricated. I want it to be real. As it has been for so many years of my life, and, and there are ebbs and flows, guys. There's ups and downs that I've fasted more in one season. Some seasons, what is fasting? But, but God wants us to be in this place of surrender. He wants us to, to fast, to pray. He wants us to be in his word. At least, at least on Sundays, and at least during your connect groups. If you're not in a connect group, then connect with one. Connect with one so you can read the Bible at least that one day. And hopefully that will spur and stop complaining about that the Bible is boring. No, you have not developed a hunger for the Bible. Just call it for what it is. Say that it is you. It's not because Connect Group is just with the Bible. No, that's what we want to do. We want to connect with each other and with the Bible. And if you're not connecting, if you're not finding it interesting there, then continue to try. Just continue it. Say in 2023, I'm only going to miss five connect, connect groups. And more than that, on a daily basis or every other day, something. God wants you to start something. You're getting the, 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 the point here? Start something. Activities that tend to the altar of your heart. They do not often include binge-watching series every day on Netflix. It actually is not good for you. Like, Christian or non-Christian, right? It, like, deteriorates your mind <laughs> over time. And so that is not a good thing for you. So God is saying, hey, let's cut back on the Netflix. Let's start praying a little bit more. Let's practice some science, prayer, meditation. Pick up Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline. Learn about other spiritual disciplines, which we'll talk about throughout the year as well here at Family Church. And let's keep the fire of God burning. Amen. I pray that this would set the tone of your year. That this would set the tone of your year. That at least that you would leave this place like, God, 
I get it, that it's my responsibility. It is my responsibility. It's my responsibility to pick up the firewood and keep the fire burning. It's not anyone else's responsibility. Women, if you see your husband not doing the things that you wish that he would do, may you pick up the firewood. You pick up the firewood. And I say the same thing about husbands. If you look at your wife and you don't see certain things that you would like, Pick up the fire because you know what often happens when the fire is burning? A lot of our expectations towards our spouses, the Lord just disintegrates. He says it's your expectation, not mine. We become more aligned with the Father's expectation. We become more loving and graceful towards our spouses. We become more Christ-like, not at church, but at home where it matters most. May you provide the sacrifice today. I swear, (laughs) I swear, God will provide the fire. He will provide the fire because he is the fire. He is the fire. It's his very presence. The very presence of God. The very presence of God. Holy Spirit, thank you for being here. Thank you for awakening us and help us to see God that you are found in places that are hidden and secret, that you love the humble, that you love the humble. You love the ones that are not seeking all of the attention for themselves, God, but live out passionately for you in the secret place. I want to call up the worship team so we can sing one more time to Jesus and say, I will build my life upon your love. It is my firm foundation. He is worthy of everything. Would you capture at least the worthiness of Jesus this morning? Capture the worthiness of Jesus this morning. The call to action today, I want you to read this. Can you guys read this well? Those of you in the back, can you read it at all? Can you read it? Yeah. The call to action today is this. Don't try to fabricate what only God can do. Do your part to keep the fire alive and allow God to provide the fire of the Holy Spirit. Pick a Bible reading plan again. Join a connect group. Include silence, prayer, and fasting as part of your daily, weekly rhythms. And develop your spiritual disciplines more this year. You will experience the fire of God in a fresh way as a result. A lot of it may be so basic. And it's maybe God just calling us to the one, two, threes, and the ABCs again 
Let's sing this out. Can you stand to your feet?